Hello, Penguins fans. Happy Tuesday, July 19th. We are just flying through this offseason. Before you know it, training camp is going to be here in two months. Just, just think about that. We're about seven to eight weeks away from Penguins training camp. Being right back here, but you know, still, you know, I guess, I guess a little ways to go until then. You know, the dog days of August are upon us when you know there's just not probably not going to be a lot of NHL news to say the least. But for today's show, um, I'm going to get into Ryan Poling because I don't really think I talked about him that much when discussing the big trade that got Jeff Petrie here. But you know, Ryan Poling was also thrown into that. You know, very young player, former first round pick, someone that. You know, might be a late bloomer. His underlings aren't that good, but, you know, has the potential to turn around here. I'll go into his numbers where I see him fitting on the team, at least right now. We're also going to get into um, what I saw from Josh Yowie today. You know, he's just talk about Ron Hextall's tenure as a whole. Um, I'm going to give my full grade on this offseason so far and, you know, just you know, talk about, you know, I think just everything combined and what is to come. And maybe also talk about what happened last offseason, and then for the final segment, we're going to get into a little bit of some silly season stuff with Matthew Kachuk because I'm sure that's going to come to a head very, very soon. So um, that's all coming up right after this drop. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LRS for Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. More record-setting numbers for this podcast lately. Um, we are in the dog days of the offseason or just about coming up. Um, this podcast is number 11 in the country on Apple when you go to chartable.com and search up hockey podcasts. Um, I cannot thank all of you enough for listening to the show, whether it's one episode, five episodes, 10 episodes, a hundred, you know, maybe more of maybe more than that. If you can stand listening to me and my bad takes about the penguins, I'm just messing around with that last part potentially. Um, but you know, it's just, it's crazy that, you know, the podcast is basically top 10 among listenership in this country for all hockey podcasts. When um, there's not a lot of hockey being played right now, you know, two of the most recent episodes are, you know, two of the most listened to episodes in the podcast history. Um, that just goes to show that, you know, this this fan base is probably no, that's not probably this fan base is, I think, the best one in all of hockey. So thank you all so much for listening. If you do love the show, you can comment on the YouTube page, give a review on Apple. Um, if you don't like the show, you know, just t- uh, you know, just maybe keep keep that comment, I guess, to yourself, or I guess just don't listen. But I don't know why people would hate listen to podcasts. That's just weird behavior. Um, Let's get into our first discussion for today, and that's Ryan Poling. So, you know, I don't think a lot of people, you know, knew who he was when he came over in this trade. I mean, you know, me personally, I didn't really know much about him. Um, the underlying metrics, you know, they're not great. You know, fourth liner, this, this is per Jay Fresh's stuff. You know, 23 years old, but is only making 800K for the next year. 11th percentile and wins above replacement, only the 34th percentile for a five-on-five offense. That means... Two-thirds of his peers are better than him at that. 17th percentile for finishing, 7th percentile for power play, even strike defense, 84, 84% of the players um, are better than him with that. Goals per 60, below 
uh, primary assists per 60 below 35 percent he's able to draw some penalties but you know just a lot of red in there you know it, it's just you know this is a player that you know really has not um <clears throat> panned out you know ever since he was taken 25th overall in the 2017 nhl draft you know he's really only played um he only actually played 85 games in three seasons 2018-19 um played one game had a hat trick um in his first nhl game which is pretty crazy um didn't really play after that 2019-20 27 games, only two points. And then this past year, played about 60 of the games, um, nine goals, 17 points. So you know, I, I guess that's not terrible for a fourth liner, but you know, it's, you, you still expect, I think, a little bit better. Um, and I know he was on a pretty crappy team, but you know, the fact that he did almost score 10 goals on a, on a, on a bad team, you know, I think that could potentially be you know, to the Penguins' advantage because you know, I think he'll hopefully be playing with um, better players in the bottom of the picture, you know, like a Teddy Bluger or Brock McGinn or something like that. You know, I do think he is in their plans um, to start the season. I don't think, you know, I mean, I don't think, I mean, he should be, you know, I know the bottom six is not good right now, but he hundred percent should be over the likes of like Drake Kajula, Josh Archibald, a couple of these other guys from Wilkes-Barre. Um, and it's a no brainer. In my opinion, you know, he only has one year left on his contract again at 800 K. You really got to see what he has for this year. I believe he's an RFA. Um, after this, so the Penguins they should have his rights. Um, after this, um, but you know the good part about this kid is that he's only 23. Um, he has still has a lot of room to grow as a player. Again, you know, only 85 games of NHL experience. So some kids, you know, they're, they're sometimes late bloomers, and sometimes you know they do need, you know, that, that change of that change of that change of scenery. Good lord, what the heck was that? Um, sometimes they do need that. You know, just to you know, be a better player, you know, dirt, dirt for their career. And, you know, I'm going to his page on Natural Stat Trek right now. So 586 minutes um, at 5-5 this past season. When he was on the ice, the Canadians only had 45% of the shot attempts, uh, 34% of the actual goals for. I think part about it, part of that, I think, is due to his play. But I also think part of that is due to Montreal being putrid defensively. They had some of the worst defensive metrics in the league. Um, 45% of the expected goal share, 45% of the scoring chances share, um, only six high danger goals for, for the Canadians when he was on the ice, 19 high danger goals against that was a massive yike. So yes, the, the underlyings are bad. The counting stats, not, not the best either. As Louis Domingue said, after, I shouldn't say after, you know, yeah, it was after that game one triple overtime winner, but you know, after that, I'm not really going to pay too much attention to him now that he's in New York. Um, but again, I, I really do think that Mike Sullivan and his coaching staff can do some work with this player. I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's going to, you know, score 15 to 20 next year or something like that. But, you know, I, I think he can maybe get what 10 to 12 if he does play a full season, I think his underlines could improve by playing with better linemates such as Teddy Bluger, who's, you know, a much you know more defensive minded center than someone who he was playing with in Montreal. Um, you know, he's definitely a player I, that I'm, I'm just, I'm really intrigued about going into this season. Um, you know, I, I doubt he'll start the season and we'll experience, you know, I think at, you know, the worst case he, for him speaking, He's the 13 forward, but again, you know, for at least for right now, um, I do think he is going to be on this team for you know the opening night roster, and I would expect him to stay on this team 
um, throughout the season. I, you know, I don't think they, you know, they would have asked for him in the trade if they probably didn't see him being in the lineup um, the entire season. Um, again, I know the metrics stink. I know his counting stats aren't that good. Um, even, you know, a stat that I hate to reference plus minus, I think it is the, one of the most useless stats out there to use an evaluate player. I will say though, minus 21 is pretty freaking terrible. Um, that, that's, that, that's not good. Again, you know, I hate using it. I almost never use it when evaluating a player. There's so many other stats to, to use, but you know, it, it, that, that one's bad enough where I think it deserves um, <laughs> an honorable mention there, but you know, we, we you know we we've seen players come from you know struggling situations and you know play some of their best hockey. Or, you know, even you know Mike Matheson. And yeah, sure, he he was a better player at that time when he was in Florida. You know, than Ryan Poling. But you know, Poling is also younger than Matheson. You know, he can really skate, decent bottom six um, score at least this year. And you know, if he adds some tools to his game and you know, he's able to improve defensively. You know, I think he could potentially be, you know, a decent bottom six player for at least this year and potentially next year uh, in the year after that. He's 23. I think he's worth the chance to take a little bit of a risk on. I mean, it, and honestly, there really is not that much of a risk because he's only making 800K. You know, if, he, if it doesn't work out, you, you just, what, not qualify him since he's, I think he believe he's in RFA and then he can just walk to free agency. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I, I am actually just going to make sure here that I am not. Screwing up here. I'm going to go to Cap Friendly real quick. I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not making an educated guess um, here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, he, he will be um, an RFA. And, and again, you know, he's only, yeah, he's not making much money at all. So the Penguins will have his rights if they qualify him. But again, even if he doesn't play well, you don't have to qualify him. He can just walk to free agency. You can replace him in free agency, like, you know, just any other fourth line, third line depth player, you know, those are the easiest spots, at least on the fourth line, you know, those are pretty easy spots to fill, you know, when you scour the open market and looking for players who, you know, A can play and, you know, B can score. I mean, you can get some of those guys for cheap. I mean, Van Heinen, you know, signed for pennies last year, puts up 18 goals for you. So, you know, those kind of players, they're all out there and they're just, they're waiting to get a shot. But, you know, I do think polling is, you know, worth it to see what he has for this trade. You know, I'm excited to see what he can do. In a new system with a fresh, with a fresh change of scenery. Got it right there. Um, coming up here in this next segment, we're going to get into um, just overall Ron Hextall's offseason. The grade I would give him right now go into all the moves, just everything that he has done from the moment the Penguins got eliminated in seven games by the New York Rangers, and of course, you know what is too lightly come. Now, before I get to that, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff the Puffs treatment. That's right. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar flavor you love and a del- deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. Let's stop drooling and listen. They are good for your. They are good for you. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and they are all delicious. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Remember, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order at built.com. All right, I'm back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, you know, I was inspired by this topic today because Josh Yelley of The Athletic wrote just a great article, um, just, you know, detailing Hextall's tenure 
as a whole. He's been on the job for basically a year and a half now. It's pretty crazy how this has just uh, flown by at this point. But, you know, offseason, you know, got started off with, you know, the Brian Russ contract, you know, six years, five million per. Kept the AAV down, a little bit of tor- little bit of term, sure, whatever. It's not going to really matter. So it's a good check mark. Maybe a bit, bit weird that he pri- was prioritized first. Whatever, okay. So then you get the Casey DeSmith contract. Okay, you know I wasn't too big of a fan of it at the time because I'm not. I'm still, like, I guess, a little uncomfortable riding the same goalie tandem back three years in a row. But you know, you look at some of the other options out there that signed. You know, I mean, even. Everyone wanted Florida to come back, but he got $3.5 million for two years in Minnesota. Penguins were not going to pay that. Um, you, know, you saw some of these other goalies. I think Yarrow Halak uh, got like a similar deal uh, to uh, DeSmith. And then, you know, Braden Holpe, it sounds like, was retiring, according to Frank Saravalli. So, you know, when you really think about it, 1.8 um, is really – not that bad to Smith. I mean, Jari's making 3.5. So you're wait, you're you're spending a little over five million on your goalies. I think that's the best case scenario. You don't you don't usually want a lot of money tied up to your goaltending unless you, you know, absolutely have to. You know, that's like Andre Vasilevsky, prime carry price back in the day, prime Henrik Lundqvist um back in the day. You know, you don't want to be paying your goalies top dollar um if you don't have to. Um uh, so, you know, obviously up next was the Chris Tang deal. Six times six, people had a problem with the term. Again, I really don't care about it. The team was going to be bad at that point. You got him for a freaking discount. Everyone was saying, including myself, I will take that on that too. I was like, you know, this is probably going to be like a, you know, four times eight, five times eight, something like that. Nope, six times six, and that comes out of nowhere. Well, I, I will say this, you know, I'll give credit to Rob Rossi. On that, he was the first one to actually say that he, he was hearing that it was going to be six years. So um, he, he was right on that one. Uh, th- that's for sure. Um, so that was able to keep that AEV down. And then obviously the Evgeny Malkin situation happens. Um, four times 6.1. The fact that Hextall got both Latang and Malkin signed for $12.2 million is uh, unbelievable. That That is a massive W, as the kids like to say. Um, the only contract that you know I'm still a little bit hesitant on um, was Ricard. It is still Ricard Raquel. Six times five, you know, six again. The term, you know, we can argue about that until the, you know the sun comes up every day. Um, the five million, you know, I mean, I, I know that's probably close to the going rate for a reliable top six winger, but you know, I, I want to see if Raquel can do that for a full season. I'm just, I'm worried about it because we, we only had such a small sample size for, and I talked about that on my, one of my episodes a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Um, you know, if you play him with Sid, I said this before, um, I think, you know, he could definitely score 20 to 25 and, you know, th- th- that's going to be the big question. You know, are you going to get a player who scores 15 to 18 a year for a full season? Or are you going to get a player who scores 20 to 25, potentially even 30 for a full year, who really makes that you know, contract worth it. And I have nothing against him as a person or a player. I think he's very good. He's great with the puck on his stick. You know, he is able to freeze defenders very beautifully, has a wicked release, is able to knife through guys like it's nothing. You know, the play that I think about all the time, um, just, you know, it was the one on four against, one on three basically against the Sabres late in the season. And he, took them all on and almost had the goal of the year for the Penguins. So, you know, his skill, you know, it's, it's never, you know, 
not been, been there. You know, he's always been skillful. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, can he produce for a full season? So, you know, the jury, I think, is still a little bit out on that one. But, you know, I think overall, you know, he got those, all four of those players to Smith, Ross, oh, not to Smith, Ross, Raquel, Malkin, and Latang to what, 22 million, basically. Um, and that's, you know, three of those players are going to be playing in your top six. So 17 million of those players in the top six, you add that up with Sidney Crosby, that's about 26 million. Um, uh, that's that's some nice salary cap work there. And then he made the two trades this past weekend, getting Jeff Petrie for Mike Matheson, and then, you know, dumping John Marino's contract for Ty Smith. You know, I really like the moves that he made to upgrade the defense. It was clear that he did not like the defensive group after the playoffs, he probably did not like that they were pushed around, gave up leads in multiple games, and he wanted to make sure that that's not going to happen again. So I was a fan of those moves. You know, I'm slowly starting to eat my words a little bit with this general manager. Um, but as Josh wrote today, you know, we all know what the biggest question is. It's the bottom six. Who is going to be scoring the goals? You know, if the season were to start today, and still three months away, so I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to put it out there. If the season were to start today, who is going to score the goals down there? Maybe outside of Jeff Carter. I know he had 18 last year, but is he maybe is he going to do that again? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, at least myself. Teddy Bluger, I mean, he's fine defensively, but you know, I mean, from what you know, it, you know, I just don't get the sense that you know the staff is really that enamored, you know, with him to be honest. Brock McGinn. He struggled the second half of the season down the stretch. He started out the season nicely, but you know, three more years at two point seven five million. No, not not looking good uh, to say the least. You know, Drew O'Connor, he's a massive unknown. I mean, twenty games of a sample size basically played fine, and I would probably say that he's you know the Penguins' best bet for the players to come up from. Well, I, I guess in terms of like how do I how do how do I say this? You know. I think he's, you know, the best chance of any of the Wilkesbury guys to come up and make a difference next year. But, you know, how much can you really rely on him to score, you know, double digits over an 82 game season? You know, it's just, you know, he's just so much of an unknown. Same with Redeem Zorna. You know, he's in his mid twenties at this point. He's basically outside of his peak years. You know, how much, I mean, how much can we rely on that? You know, about Trey Pustin, I, I hear this all the time too. Oh yeah, he's ready. He's ready. I mean, the guy played one game last year and, you know, sure he made, a good leap to the AHL. His production down there was actually pretty good, but this leap is going to be five times that. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Then obviously, you know, Ryan Poling, you know, how is he going to be with a change of scenery? Then you have what? Drake Kajula, Josh Archibald, Kasperi Kapanen down there because it looks like he's going to be back, even though I don't think he should be back on this team. I think he should be used as trade bait. You know, it's just, it, it's a bottom six that, you know, it reminds me a lot of, the late Shiro days when I'm sure you all were, don't, um, don't plug your ears when I say these players, but I'm sure you all remember the days when players like Zach Sill were filling the bottom six and the corpse of Craig Adams and Joe Vitale and, you know, Brian Gibbons and Bobby Farnham, the, the weird people had like the weirdest fetish with Bobby Farm. I have no idea what that was about. I guess it just because he hit people, all the time, but you know, all those kind of Garrett Wilson of all people, you know, just Lee Steffi and I, I mean, at least he could play a little bit, but you know, the, those bottom sixes were horrendous. Brandon Sutter, of course, um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of looking like that 
right now. So I think a lot of this offseason, the rest of this, you know, that's going to be judged by how he does with that. I think right now I'm giving him a solid B. Um, you know, I, I'm mostly pretty happy with the moves he's made. Has he had his blunders overall for his career? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, the Jared McCann thing, I'm still kicking my, you know, feet over. I, I mean, he should still be a penguin, at least in my opinion, of the Brandon Tanner thing. Sure, it was nice that he got out of that contract, but I'd feel more comfortable with them on this team right now than someone, I guess, like, you know, Brock or, I don't know, Kapanen or something. But that's that was a Rutherford move. Ron really didn't really have anything to do with that. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, he's, he's got to make a move or two down there. But, again, you know, I think a solid B for that. And, again, you know, outside the blunders, you know, with that one, you know, the McGinn contract, the, the Carter extension stinks. Um, I'll, I'll never understand uh, why he did that. And, you know, again, I will say this for everyone one more time. Do not take one Hextall face value when he's just going to pump up the forward group. He has to do that. He is not going to come out here and say, oh, yeah, Jeff Carter stinks. Oh, yeah, Brock McGinn stinks. Oh, yeah, Josh Archibald's terrible. I mean, he's 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 not going to say it. He's going to pump them up. He's going to hide what he's really doing. Again, from what I've been told, the scoop I had, one of the scoops I had on my Monday episode, they want a winger to play with Evgeny Malkin, and they're seeking one via trade. That would sign Jason Zucker down the lineup. That would make the team a bit deeper. They could potentially still have you know another forward to come in um, via free agency if they have the space for it, maybe like a Dan Heiner or something like that. I don't know, but that's from, that's one of the scoops that I have been told by someone who is close to the team and had someone that's someone who has never really who has never failed me um, in the past. So a little bit of an incomplete grade, but overall, I think a solid B for this offseason so far. This is still squarely a playoff team right now. I mean, I think overall that they would probably make them say they did go into the season with this bottom six, and I don't think they will. Um, they probably will still be in playoff position by the trade of them anyway, because Sid and Gino and Latang, they'll probably just get them there. anyway. I think Tristan Jari is, you know, he's probably going to have a good regular season again too. And then they could also just, you know, trade for a wing or two. Go like to be like the Rangers from this past year, right? When they got Cop and Vitrano and Tyler Mott and all those guys. So, you know, I, I won't, I wouldn't be, I mean, I guess I would be a little surprised if they came into the season with this bottom six, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they did make um, an, at least another move at the trade deadline for um, a forward. If they haven't really made like a, a big one for their bottom six by then. So that wraps up um, this segment for today's episode coming up in the final segment. We're going to get to some silly season talk regarding Matthew Kachuk. Cause it looks like that might be the next domino to fall. So that's all coming up right after this commercial break. All right. I'm back here on this episode of the lockdown penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So um, I'm going to put this out here right now. And if I get ratioed for it, if I get old takes exposed, whatever. No, Penguins are not trading for Matthew Kachuk. Put the stamp on it. It is not going to happen. Heck, you can even save this to your phone or something if you want to. Um, and you know, if, if it somehow does happen, you know, you can just put it in the comments you put the, put a link on it or something like that. Um, but I just, I don't see it, you know, it, it would be a lot of fun to get someone like Matthew Kachuk because, um, he's, I think the exact kind of player that this team needs, you know, someone, you know, an elite play driver, elite goal scorer in this league, someone who can get in your face about anything to someone who's physical, you know, just gives his hundred percent effort every single shift and you know wouldn't it be fun if he 
or just you know going out with some of the with some of the you know the fan base's biggest rivals like Tom Wilson or something like that. Seeing him jaw him would be a sight for sore eyes. Or basically, you know, you know Brad Marchand, even you know that would be hilarious too. But I just you know the Penguins they, they don't have the package that that Calgary would want. I, I saw this today. Uh, I was DM- DMing my buddy about this. Um, Eric Francis was saying, yeah, that the Flames are looking for a young cornerstone building player. Um, the, the Penguins really don't have that. You know, and then my buddy was telling me that Ty Smith could be that player, but I'm like, Penguins are not going to trade Ty Smith uh, for, for Matthew Kachuk. Uh, they just acquired him, and um, I don't think he's a pure cornerstone player um, like, like a Jordan Kyrie right now. I mean, he's, he's already, I think, one of the really good young players in this league. And you know, the Penguins, they also just don't have the salary cap space to get to Kachuk, you know, they, they would only have that if they just unloaded a bunch of contracts. But I think the Flames, you know, they're going to be interested in, you know, a couple of your top prospects, at least a first-round pick, and probably, you know, again, a decent roster player like Jordan Cairo going back. And I don't think the Penguins, you know, would be wanting to pay that. Um, again, it would make all the sense in the world. You can put him, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you could probably put him on Evgeny Malkin's wing and r- ride him with Raquel and, you know, have Gensel Crosby rust and probably have the most dangerous top six imaginable. And, you know, maybe Jason Zucker is still on your third line if he's not being sent back the other way. But um, you know, I'm just fantasizing about that right now. And it's it, it's definitely fun to think about with how hard the Penguins will be to play against and just just how crazy, um, you know, that top six would be. But, again, I don't see it happening. I know it's silly season. Um, if I were to come up with, I guess, a trade proposal, if people would want that for me, um, first-round pick, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was going to say Owen Pickering, but like they just drafted him and they're not going to do that. I mean, your first rounder, um, I guess one of the goalie prospects, um, yeah, like it, 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm, it's hard for me to, to come up with one because the, the Penguins, again, they just, they just don't have what the Flames would want. I mean, Penguins, they're not going to trade Brian Russ. They just signed him. They're not going to trade Jake Gensel for Kachuk. Um, <laughs> You know, they're not going to, I mean, Jason Zucker, you know, he could go, that would help the cap situation, but you know, he's not going to be the main centerpiece of the deal. I think he would just be in there for money um, purposes, but you know, that's just, you know, the Penguins, I just don't think they would be a good match for him. Now, if they actually had, you know, a decent farm system with, you know, some decently top prospects, you know, I would be, you know, all for it. And I think the Penguins, they should still make the call. I think every NHL team out there um, is doing it wrong if they're not at least inquiring about what the asking price is for Kachuk. And, you know, the Flames, you know, it sounds like they definitely want to start over or something like that. I feel bad for their fan base because, you know, they've those are basically two of the best players to have come through that franchise since Jerome McGinley was there. Mika Kiprusov, obviously a great goaltender back in the day. But, you know, it's, you know it looks like the, the potential dark days are coming uh, for Calgary. Um, it's, it's not looking good. But, um, yes, it would be fun for the Penguins. Yes, he would probably score 30 to 35 goals. He would get in everyone's face. It, people would hate the Penguins even more. Um, but I just – I don't see it at this time. I mean, the fact that I can barely even come up with, like, a decent asking – a decent, like, return for the Flames when you look at the Penguins roster and their prospects and picks and all that, uh, I think goes to show that, you know, I just don't think the Penguins – you know, A, their salary cap situation probably won't work. And B, you know, they just – they don't have what it takes, I think to get this player. So, you know, we'll see if that happens, but you know, that has the potential to really send a shockwave um, through the NHL circles, but that'll do it for this episode 
of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Let me know what you all thought about it. Leave a comment on the YouTube page. You can message me on social media. And you can leave a review on the Apple page. would love if you all would give me five stars. If not, you know, um, I do get it. Um, but I can only hope for you all to give me five stars. But, um, you know, that will do it for another episode for this podcast. I believe this is the 528th episode for the show. It's just, it's crazy how fast this is flying by. I will have another episode on Wednesday. Again, final full week of daily episodes before I go back to three shows a week starting next Monday. So thank you all so much for listening. Again, leave a like, especially on the YouTube page. If you liked it, leave a comment also with your thoughts on anything I talked about. And if you're not on the YouTube page, um, you know, a, you know, go subscribe to it as we as we get to uh, close to 1K. And B, you know, again, you can message me on social media. So again, I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Have a great night.